You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 43, Truckers Against Trafficking, an interview with Kendis Paris. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. And Sandy, I'm so excited today that we have a guest with us who I know we are both going to learn a lot from and our audience is going to learn a lot from through a lens that I don't think we've looked at much. We've talked about uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about in the episode here today a little bit, but this is just a really neat thing that's going on that can help us all to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Well, the Global Center for Women and Justice welcome you, Candace Paris, to our Ending Human Trafficking podcast. And um, why don't we start off with how you got involved with fighting trafficking um, in the trucking industry. So tell us a little bit about how you, how you started out doing this. This doesn't sound like the average soccer mom kind of job. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, but uh, ironically, it was uh, my mother, Lynn Thompson, who came up with the initial idea for Truckers Against Trafficking. Um, my neighbor and I had put on a human trafficking awareness conference in Denver, Colorado, and she attended it. And one of the workshop leaders was talking about training gas station employees along our nation's highways. And she took that, combined it with the statistic that the innocence lost, uh, the innocence lost things that the FBI do uh, between 2004 and 2009, because this is when she came up with the idea was 2009. They were finding women and children being forced into prostitution in numerous places, but one of them was along our nation's highways. So she combined that with the gas station idea and said, we really should be ta- targeting the trucking industry. And that is really how TAT was born. And uh, at the time, um, our family had a ministry called Chapter 61 Ministries uh, with a very small mission, which was to fight the exploitation of human beings worldwide. Yes, very small, very reachable. Um, <laughs> but TAP became its uh, primary initiative, and that started in '09 of March and uh, became its own 501c3 just last September in 2011. And um, so that's that's really how the whole thing got going. So let's start with um, I saw I saw the video training video that truckers against trafficking produced and the story in it the real winner in the story is recognizing what one person can do to change another person's life and i i just i want to know more about trucker willie can you tell us that story absolutely uh so Sherry and her cousin Chrissy, uh, 15, 14-year-olds, kidnapped off the side of the road. They were actually forced into prostitution in a house across town in Iowa, uh, excuse me, Ohio. And about a week into that, their pimp had recruits a, a trucker, unfortunately, to transport them across state lines where they end up at a truck stop. And Sherry is actually the one working the lot with an older woman. And, uh, and Chrissy, her cousin, was actually in the car with a pimp. And they go uh, from truck to truck, and they got to Trucker Willie's 
to, to Trucker Willie's cab. And, and the older woman wasn't much older. She was only in her 20s, early 20s. And Willie realizes, hey, they're too young. They shouldn't be, this, this shouldn't be happening, period, makes the 911 call. Uh, a law enforcement arrives on the scene um, and proceeds to get sh- Sherry away from the uh, older woman, and uh, that's when she's able to tell him, I've been kidnapped. Earlier she's saying, no, I'm 18, because she's in the presence of the, the older woman. And uh, she says, I've been kidnapped. He runs the Amber Alert, and it leads to her rescue that night. A week later, she's able to lead her uncle and her mother back, and that's when Chrissy is rescued. But this case uh, opens up a 13-state prostitution ring. And that's the power that the trucking industry has. That's the resources because they are the eyes and ears of our nation's highways. Most of us are not in a position where this crime is knocking on our door, but the trucking industry is. Uh, for good or for bad, they are. And it's something, it, it's, it's taking the initiative like Willie did and making a phone call that really has the power to change lives. And that's what TAD is all about. Now, I, I went through your website, and um, you have two different numbers for people to call. And is there a difference? When do I know when to call 888-3737-888 or 911? Well, the, I think the 911 is kind of a visceral response. And, and actually, Willie did call 911 that night. That was in 2005 before Tad ever uh, began. But it's such a perfect example uh, that we always use it. Um, but what the reason why we ask folks to call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center, as well as 911, is if no one comes to the lot that night, uh, say you just call 911, that information is lost. If you also report that information to the National Human Trafficking Resource Center, even if no one comes to the lot that night, that information is given to anti-trafficking deputies. That information is given to FBI. It is given to somebody who can follow up on that tip. Say you get a license plate. Say you get a description of the vehicle or the, or the description of the girls. That information is, is given over. And if you have a trafficker or a pimp who's working on a circuit, that information can prove extremely helpful for law enforcement for opening investigation. In fact, we had a, a, a Riverside County a anti-trafficking deputy tell all of us, listen, if you do not call the NHTRC, I never receive that information. If you only give it to 911, I never get it. And he's the guy who's actually the one investigating the cases. So this is why we pump this, this, this number so very much. Plus, the other thing that, that the, the Human Trafficking Resource Center, it's run by Polaris Project, the other thing they do is that they uh, track this information. And they're able to determine hotspots. They're able to know how many truckers are calling in. The trucking industry starts getting credit for being part of the solution instead of part of the problem. Uh, they just do a fantastic job in really uh, keeping this information and sending it to the right places. So that's why we really ask for this number, um, not just 911. Oh, that's great. I really appreciate that explanation. Um, the other thing in your story you talk about the these big truck stops where it's like a giant parking lot for trucks. And I know that the first time I went up to Ontario to speak at a at a an awareness event there, um, the newspaper that they put in front of my face uh, had a little headline um, about lot lizards, and that just made my skin crawl. Why do they call these kids? lot lizards. This 
It is a very unfortunate term, and, uh, you know, this goes quite a ways back, and I think that people for, you know, a long time, prostitution has been around for a long time, and it's been at the truck stops for a long time, and it is a little bit like turning the ship in in water. Um, It's helping folks to understand, look, this is not, uh, Pat is not saying that every person who knocks on your door is a human trafficking victim. Um, but what we are saying is that they are out there. But but it really is a different kind of thinking. When you when you think of the word uh, the term lot lizard, it's dehumanizing. Mm-hmm. You have turned this person into an object. Um, and really, our goal implicitly, uh, regardless of who's knocking on your door, we would love the first thought to be not lot lizard. Oh, you know, I'm getting woken up in my sleep at night. But instead this is a potential victim of human trafficking. And can I make a call that could save a life here? Um, and so it, it is, a, it is a, a cultural shift. But I have to say, even though that is out there, um, it's not the majority of the trucking industry. Um, and, and you have so many. I, I have calls from all over the nation saying, I've got daughters, I've got granddaughters, how can I be a trucker against trafficking? Um, and so that that's the kind of response that we're getting from the trucking industry. And so even though that term is out there and there are some who abide by that and just get irritated because they get woken up at night or so on and so forth, um, you, you really do have a large uh, population out there who, who don't see things like that and, um, you know, have never even uh, heard of human trafficking. And so when they do find out about about this, they become even more adamant of how they can help, what can they do. Um, and that is something, though, that, that, you know, we are working to bring awareness to, education to. Um, it is a little bit of a long haul on this one, but uh, we feel like we're going to get there as we continue to, to help uh, folks understand uh, just how loaded that term is and really the fact that so many of these folks need help, um, not just a, a sticker on the door that says go away. In fact, we created our own sticker. You can, you can, you can actually purchase a, a sticker of, a, of a, a cartoonish-looking lizard with a kind of a, you know, an X through it. Uh, so we create our own sticker for the driver's side window that says oh. do you need help, and it's got the TAT logo, and it has the National Human Trafficking Resource Center number, 888-373-7888. And, oh. uh, so can I order that online? Can I order that online? You can, you can request those uh, off of, you can just send us an email, we'll send you one. And now truckers are starting to put those on their driver's side windows. Oh, I love um, that. So wouldn't it be great if, uh, if every truck cab had one of those instead of the lot lizard number? That's, that's one of our goals. We'd love to see that happen. So, so you're talking about educating truck drivers, and um, how do you do that? What, what are the resources? Well, as you mentioned, that training DVD is a huge part of it. It really is. It's, it's, it is actually produced by uh, I Empathize, who's one of our major partners in this. They're an anti-trafficking organization out of Boulder, Colorado. Did a phenomenal job, and it provides a comprehensive view of domestic sex trafficking and what the trucking industry can do about it. So we would love to have, there are 9 million members of the trucking industry. We'd love every single one of them to watch that, just so you get a full view of what it is, what you can do about it. And then we've created the wallet cards, and the wallet cards have signs to look for, questions to ask that you may be interacting with a trafficking victim. What are and some of has, those? What are oh, some of those ahead. questions? What are some of those well, questions? Well, some of the questions are, um, you know, because sometimes they actually do get into a conversation. So are you being paid? Are you free to leave? Um, helping to try and get an understanding if, if they are aware of their surroundings, because sometimes these girls are moved from city to city to city so quickly, and they don't really know where they are. 
Um, but primarily we are asking if you see a minor working the lot, because if they're under 18 by federal definition, automatically human trafficking situation, um, or if you suspect pimp control, that car pulls onto the lot, three or four girls all get out, they start working the row. If you see one of those things, please call the National Human Trafficking Resource Center and report what you know. And I have to stress that even if you, if, even if you just have an inkling, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to make that phone call. That's what the folks at the hotline, that's what they do. So you don't have to be 100% right. Go ahead and make that call because you never know if your tip could actually lead to a rescue. Excellent. So, so that's the awareness and education. And I mm-hmm. saw online that you're doing that in the truck plazas. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we, we actually uh, take a three-prong approach. We work through the trucking schools. Um, so before the drivers ever get their commercial driver's license, we'd love to see the training be implemented there. And we've approached those guys. We work with the trucking companies, the, the safety directors determine the training and the orientation. And so can uh, tap materials, this video, the wallet cards be made a part of a regular training and orientation for all the existing drivers. And then absolutely the truck stops, right? Uh, have the, the employees be trained um, with uh, tap materials because they're on the ground as well. And then can these truck stops serve as places of points of distribution for the drivers as they come in? Maybe they've never heard of TAT, but they see a poster and they, you know, read it and take the time and, hmm, now, now I'm going to go look into this and what is this? And I find more, more about this. In fact, we've gotten emails and calls because I saw this poster in a, in a TA or I saw it in a Flying J, which is fantastic. That's what we want. Um, and, you know, that's, that's some of the great, uh, um, that's some of the stuff that we're most encouraged about is the response. For example, uh, our two, two biggest truck stop partners are TA, uh, TA Petro, TA owns Petro, and then Pilot, who owns Flying J. Between them, they have 800 locations nationwide. Mm-hmm. They're training their employees with our TAT training DVD, and they are posting TAT materials in their locations. So um, that's going to reach a lot of people. So you've taken it then, though, to the next level so that you're actually building coalitions between law enforcement and truckers. How does that work? And um, give us an example of one place. Sure. Yeah, so our goal is, uh, our third goal is to partner with law enforcement to facilitate the investigation of human trafficking. Obviously, that starts with the phone calls and, and the calls, the tips, getting law enforcement out there. But really, the trucking community can provide key intel um, because they are on the ground. And so one of the things that we, we did, we had a meeting this past September where we brought together law enforcement, the actual anti-trafficking deputies, and a group of general managers of truck stops and got these guys in the same room and gave them a really extensive training, but it ended with law enforcement speaking with these general managers and talking to them about uh, what are they seeing, what are the challenges that are arising, and, and uh, you know what's out there on the lots, and how can they work together. And for us, that is such a huge part of what we want to do so that you, you, you know who's going to be on your lot. You, you have a trust established. You have a rapport. You have this, this officer's work cell right there in your phone. Um, and not only that, but then uh, let's get these general managers, and we understand they're all businesses, and sometimes you have the competition, but this is a, a bipartisan issue, so to speak. I mean, this is where you put that all aside, and okay, if we can have an email chain, and, and we're, we're looking for this car and this license plate number, boom, we can, we can get this information out to all of these guys simultaneously. And so that is something that we would love to see grow more and more and more uh, all across the United States. 
So if somebody's listening to this and they would want to participate and be part of that program, how would that law enforcement officer or that trucker find out if there's a coalition in their area? Well, that's the thing. If, if you're a law enforcement and you're interested in this, we it, this this whole thing is law enforcement-led. Uh, so if you are law enforcement, we would ask that you would contact us. Just send us an email at tat.truckers at gmail.com. Um, uh, and you can go to our website, truckersagainsttrafficking.org, and that email address is on there as well. This is law enforcement-led. Um, this is not something that just if I'm a random person here I, and I want to start a coalition, this is law enforcement-led. Law enforcement contacts us, and then we uh, use our connections in the trucking industry to get everybody in the same room together. So if anyone out there from law enforcement personnel, particularly, obviously, if, if you are the ones who actually investigate cases uh, on the truck stops, uh, please contact us because we would love to uh, put a coalition, this loose coalition together in your area. That's outstanding. I love it that it's law enforcement led and you guys are coming alongside um, yeah. to help connect people with that. Now, one of the things, and it probably is something that they're addressing in these law enforcement led coalitions, but one of the things that you mentioned earlier that struck me, you actually said that a pimp had used a trucker to transport a girl across state lines. Mm-hmm. Um what happened to that trucker? Was he um, part? Well, that trucker actually uh, did actually, uh, he was arrested um, and he did serve time. Um, in fact, if you are uh, part of, if you are convicted for transporting, uh, you're part of the criminal enterprise of human trafficking. Your role in it is transportation. That's a 10-year federal prison, uh, uh, prison sentence. And unfortunately, uh, there have been truckers who uh, have participated in human trafficking. Most of the time, it's the transportation piece of it. Um, But again, this is the the small percentage of the industry. Just like, I mean, you look at any any industry, you always have some uh, who are participating, uh, you know, in the criminal element, the criminal aspect of it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. It, he was uh, he was arrested, and uh, if you are arrested for the transportation, you're going away for ten years. Wow, wow, that's outstanding. Good information. So, tell me what your hopes are for the future of tra- tra- truckers against trafficking. That's a great question. Well, we would love to see 100% of the trucking industry saturated with this message. We, we've made strides. The American Trucking Association has recently become our formal partner, and they're the umbrella organization for the trucking industry. We have many partners on board. Um, Ryder, the sixth largest trucking company in the nation, has recently come on board with us. It's fantastic. Um, but we, we still have a ways to go. We want to get every state trucking association on board with us, and we really need to get this message out there. But can you imagine a trucking industry completely united behind this? Or at least, let's say, I mean, let's just give it a good old 80% behind us. I, I cannot imagine what's going to happen along our nation's highways when they're all aware, all rallied, and all armed with that number. And the other thing for us is any way that we can assist law enforcement, any way that the trucking industry can really uh, use their intel, use their position to assist law enforcement, that's also something we really want to see and develop. And um, our model was actually used uh, to uh, create um, uh, what's called PACT or the Truck Stop Campaign up in Canada. 
Um, and I know that in Brazil our model has been replicated. And so are there yeah. other places in the world where this model can be taken and replicated, and what role can we play in that? And honestly, we, we are excited that uh, the United States Department of Transportation is really taking a focus on this. They want to see anti-trafficking work across all modes of transportation. But we really feel because the uh, truckers against trafficking exists that the, tra- the trucking industry can really lead the way across all modes of transportation in fighting human trafficking. So um, it's, it's exciting. We think that the future looks really, really bright. And, um, you know, for us, it comes back to to those truckers, those calls and those emails we get of one trucker after another who says, yes, I know about this now. I want to do something. How can I be a trucker against trafficking? That's really what's exciting to us. So the more of those we get, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the, the more excited and the more, um, you know, motivated we are to keep doing what we're doing because the stories are coming in too. And, um, you know, this is how uh, kids' lives are getting saved. Candice, this is such an exciting initiative that you're doing. And it's so exciting for me, Sandy, to listeners speak about this because it's so much in line with what we talk about at the center, which is studying the issues, being a voice and making a difference. And and you're doing that, Kendis, with this industry of helping educate people who do really care and want to make a difference and giving them a path on how they can do that. So I'm so excited for this. And I'm, I'm also wondering, you know, for those of us who are not in law enforcement and maybe don't have a direct connection to the trucking industry, what can we do, uh, you know, as just kind of the average person on the street that can help you in your efforts to raise awareness for what you're doing? That's a great question. Well, I think I think the first thing is really becoming educated about the issue, which is what your show is promoting, which is fantastic. Um, and then educating your sphere of influence. You would be amazed at how many non-trucking uh conferences that I speak at or groups, how many people uh, come up afterwards. I I do have an uncle in trucking or I have a friend in trucking. I guarantee there's somebody listening to the show today who's got some kind of trucking connection. So even just starting with your sphere of influence and seeing if they have any kind of trucking connection that they can get this information to, and you can certainly contact us and we can get trucking materials and, and so on and so forth. Um, but I think the other thing that you can do, and it may sound silly, but something that does help us is even liking us on Facebook, following mm-hmm. us on Facebook, being mm-hmm. aware of this issue. Um, you know, and everybody takes road trips. Um, so that's something else that, that uh, as you're traveling, um, and, and of course, it's not just, it doesn't just happen at truck stops, it's happening online, it's happening in our neighborhoods. Um, Sherry uh, and Chrissy were actually targeted from inside of their school. The pimp had recruited a kid to report back to him the rougher kids that wouldn't be missed. Um, These pimps are recruiting out of our schools. They're recruiting out of our malls. um, They're online. So being aware of all of the places that's happening and then saying, what are my skill set, what are my resources, and how can I plug in um, and, and make a difference right where I'm at? And I have to say, there are plenty of other modes that don't have a, a, an NGO like TAT exists for the trucking industry. Taxis don't necessarily have anything. Buses don't necessarily have anything. Perhaps there's somebody out there today who could be inspired by this, and um, who knows um, what you may be called to to actually start up and do for one of those modes. So um, there's a variety of, of things that folks can do, but I think really being educated about the issue and then starting to spread the word right in your own sphere of influence are, are the, the way to go. And that really does help an, uh, an, um, an organization like us because um, I, I tell you, we've gotten ins to a lot of companies just from 
random people who've heard either on a radio show or read a story in the newspaper or whatever like that, and so-and-so and so-and-so's uncles in trucking. Oh, <laughs> so that's great. it really mm. does make a difference. Wow. And this, I'm just looking at your Facebook site right now, Kenneth, while you were speaking, and uh, either you or someone in your organization is doing a fantastic job on Facebook of interacting with people, building a community dialogue. There's uh, over 8,000 people who are members of this. uh, this, uh, It's just fantastic. We're going to like you. We're going to like you. I already did. I already did. (laughs) Kyla Lieberg is our social media coordinator, and she does do a fantastic job of this, and she really, you know, kind of, that that's kind of a pulse on what's going on out there. And she also runs our Twitter account. And um, that is playing a role in, in if, you know, addressing kind of the, the lot lizard mentality or just the connections to prostitution and all this kind of stuff and just really challenging some things that, you know, people maybe have not thought of before and, and trying to make some of those connections. So, yeah, it, it, it does. It plays an integral role for us. Well, that's great. When um, I, I met you through Brad Riley, who is the founder of I Empathize, that produced your training DVD, and I remember the last time when we were talking about the Truckers Against Trafficking, he told me, he said, Sandy, you need to meet Candace. You two are going to hit it off. So I just want you to know how much I appreciate you coming on the Ending Human Trafficking show today. But um, we are going to have to do this again and again and again. We obviously have a lot of similar interests. Um, I think that's great. Thank you so much for having me on and for what you guys are doing. It, it really does make a difference. I, I had one final question for students in the university setting. They want to be activists. They want to find a way to use their voice um, now while they're in, in studies. Have you um, connected at universities? Have you found ways for students to get involved maybe through, through the um, social media? I don't know. Social media is definitely one of the ways they can. We actually had a university uh, uh, took their marketing class and tried to develop uh, some some different kind of marketing campaign materials for us. That's very creative. That's helpful. Um, Some of their ideas were were great. Um, You know, there are some specific internships that, that we are looking for, so that's definitely something that we would target the universities uh, for with us. Um, but also, again, you would be amazed, uh, you know, just getting this word out on your campus and seeing where the trucking connections may be or, uh, you know, training up uh, more and more young people, uh, training up to, to pursue kind of this social justice or the social entrepreneur, social uh, change makers um, mentality rather than just I'm, I'm going to be in the business world or this or that, you know, and I think the more kids that can be inspired to, to, to follow and, and prepare themselves for this kind of career path, um, the better. And like I said, who knows if one of them might be listening today and they're going to be the, the ones who start an NGO that, that is working with a different mode of transportation or, or a different kind of idea. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think all of those approaches and, and, um, and paths, um, you know, indirectly and directly will benefit truckers against trafficking. Oh, that's great. Um, I have on time for one last question and I was reading through some of the, um, quotes of Kendis Paris online. And one of the things that you said is that you focus on kids under 
the age of 18 because by law they're victims of human trafficking. But then you said, I honestly don't think anybody wakes up and says, I want to sell my body. The kids really have no choice. But many um, have been coerced into this. When they're over the age of 18, what kind of resources have you been able to put into play that help um, women who are trapped, even though they're no longer minors? Well, that's the second part of the equation. You know, we do say automatically if it's a minor, make the call. But we always talk about the pimp control because it's so true. Just because you turn 18, the pimp does not magically shake your hand and say, okay, well, well, congratulations, you've graduated from slavery and, and go on your way. Just because I'm 18, I'm 19, I'm 20, I may still be out there even in my 30s, and I may have pimp control over me. Um, and that is why we really stress both sides. Sherry, the, the girl, the, the woman that she was with was the quote-unquote top prostitute of the pimp. She was still being trafficked even though she was over 18. Now, she was actually also charged uh, because she participated in the trafficking of Sherry and Chrissy, but she's a victim herself. And I think that so often that demographic completely gets looked over because, oh, they're over 18, they should know better, there's somehow that they should get out. But that is why we say a minor and if you suspect pimp control. And that person may be over 18 but completely still enslaved and doing this completely against their will. So I think that that is something that, you know, wherever we go and speak, whenever we, we talk about this, we, we include that portion because absolutely this is not just, uh, we're not just talking about minors here. And Polaris Project, that number, that 888-373-7888 number is not just the call that you can, the number you can call to report trafficking, but that also accesses victim services. And that's not just for minors. That is also for women. And in fact, uh, it's actually easier to, there's more beds uh, for women than there are for minors. It's, it's mm -hmm. actually uh, tougher because you have the juvenile element and the different laws involved and all of those kinds of things. Um, and, and housing a minor overnight than actually an adult. So there are victim services as well for women who are um, caught up in domestic trafficking situations. Well, Candace, I am so grateful that you took time to come join us today and educate us on what you're doing. What a fantastic way to really uh, both prevent and educate and really address this issue through the work you're doing. So I'm, uh, I'm so thankful. And I hope that our entire audience will take a moment to consider, you know, where you may play a role in this as well, too, uh, who you may know that's connected to this industry, who you may know in law enforcement that would have a passion for getting involved with this and to have them reach out to Kendis. And Kendis, remind us one more time of just where the best places for folks to go to connect with you. You bet. Our website, truckersagainsttrafficking.org, has all of our contact information, and you can send an email to tat, T-A-T, dot truckers at gmail.com, tat, dot truckers at gmail.com. All right. Thank you so much, Candice. You'll be hearing from us again. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Well, that's just going to about do it for our time together, Sandy. Again, I'd recommend if you have a moment, go visit the website that Kendis mentioned and uh, and hop on their Facebook site. There's so many wonderful things here on their Facebook site and so many fun things too. Oh, which I is can't great. wait. And uh, if you have a question for us, by the way, on this topic or anything that we can do to help you to study the issues around human traffic, you can always reach us at 714 714- 966-6361 or you can email us at the Global Center for Women and Justice that address is gcwj 
at vanguard.edu. By the way, if you found us on iTunes, a way you can help us to reach more people with these uh, these stories and these resources is go on to iTunes and rate our podcast. Just search for Ending Human Trafficking. Thanks, Andy, and see you again in two weeks. All right. <laughs>